Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. Are you ready? Then brace yourself. Let's go. It's time for the Bill Kasky Podcast, a weekly show carefully crafted to help you grow your skills and your results in business. Now, here's your host, Bill Kasky. Hey everybody, Bill Kasky back at the Bill Kasky Podcast. Today's episode is a <laughs> it's a reflection that I had as I was sitting in a meeting the other day with a client, and it was a training meeting, but it was uh, early in the process. We had just taken on this new client, and so there wasn't a lot of rapport yet, and there was just uh, I don't know. It was just a good, it was a good meeting, good meeting, good people, about twelve people in a room. And have you ever had that realization, that stark realization that slaps you in the face and says, come on, you idiot, you're not thinking about things properly? Or some version of that, maybe those aren't the exact words, calling yourself an idiot's probably not the best for self-help, but I do it all the time. But I had that moment, and the moment came when I was listening to the conversation around the table and I felt it was really a small conversation. Have you ever been in conversations where it's just small? It, it just feels, it doesn't even feel heavy. It just feels nothing. And I was like, well, how do we get the customer to say yes and blah, 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 and all that stuff. And I'm, you know what? I've been doing this for a long time. I'm tired of the question, how do we get our customer to say yes? Uh, I, I check out when I hear that because I think we're working on the wrong problem. And that's the way I felt about this entire conversation. And then I started thinking, well, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe it's my fault for how I've been training people and how I've been positioning the, the content that I teach. And so I want to explore that a little bit today. And I want to do it uh, in the, with the intent and the mission of, of seeing if you agree and I'm not, this is not a lecture. This is not a lecture today. I know sometimes I lecture on these podcasts. Today is not one. I want to propose an idea that I've been thinking about off and on for the last few years. But it, again, it kind of hit me the other day. It's like, well, here's the problem. It was, it was a moment of clarity. That's what I'm looking for. And here's what happens. You as a sales professional are tasked with the mission of generating business, Correct. I mean, whether it's outreach, inbound, you're, you're tasked with that mission. And that mission typically is some sort of business plan. It's a, you know, here we are nearing the end of the year, and this is the time where we go and we do our budgeting and we talk about how many customers we want, and what we're going to do on our networking events and the cold calls and how many outreach and how many calls and how many appointments and how many funnel. Blah, 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 blah. And we do all that and we do it every year. And we've gotten to the point where we're pretty good at it. It's kind of like rolling off a log. It's not like you're 23 years old and your manager says, hey, I want a business plan for next year. And you're like, well, what the hell does that mean? I mean, we know we know how to do this. We're all seasoned enough. We know. 
And then we start to measure things, and we get measured on things. How many proposals do you have in the pipeline? What's the total value of your pipeline? Uh, you know, when are things going to close? And, and Salesforce and all these CRMs can measure, you know, Bill Caskey, he's not doing very well. His average deal in the pipeline uh, stagnates at 128 days or whatever. You know, we have all these measurements. And we have built a whole a whole <laughs> infrastructure and framework around measuring this stuff. And my question is, is are we even measuring the right thing? Because is our aim even right in sales? Is our aim to master the transaction between buyer and seller? Is that it? Because that's what I get dropped into a lot of times when I do these deal work things, you know, dissect the deal strategies. It always feels like people are saying, well, I got it to this point, and now I can't get it across the finish line. So Bill Kasky, you come in and tell me what I need to say or do to get it across the finish line. And my reaction to that is, well, you've probably juiced it up already. It's probably messed up because things don't happen in the 11th hour if the first 10 and a half hours were wrong. You don't win the game. I mean, you can win the game on a last second field goal occasionally, but you can't do it every week because at some point the odds catch up with you. And so as a coach, I'm constantly taking stock of not only the room and the questions that are asked, I'm also taking stock of my own intuition and instincts. And this is a case where my instincts have been screaming at me, are we looking at sales in the right way? Do we constantly look at it from the position of how do we master the transaction? And shouldn't we be looking at it differently? So my aim today, I want to give you an aim. Actually, I have an aim, you have an aim, we all have an aim. Uh, the aim of, sell, of professional selling should not be to master the transaction. It should be this. The aim of a professional salesperson today should be to leverage the talent, the wisdom that you have, the gifts that you've been given in life so that you can scale your business and that you can create wealth for you and your family. Leverage your assets so that you can scale the business to create wealth for you and your family. Now, I don't really care what you do with that wealth. You can give it away. You can, uh, you can consume. Uh, I prefer you probably not buy drugs and opioids with it. I prefer you probably do something uh, helpful. But that's your call. And, and, and I think that, and the reason I say create wealth is because isn't that what we're all here to do so that we can do the work that we want to do? If I'm working... For $6 an hour, I'm not sure anybody does that, but if I'm working for $6 an hour, it's probably going to be rather hard for me unless I'm just really a conscientious saver for me to be able to do anything with assets after 10 years because I'm just not going to have them. But if you're earning hundred to two hundred dollars to $500,000 a year or more, and you do that consistently and you consistently grow that and you can scale that business then at the end of a few years, you're going to have some serious assets that you can do something with that have nothing to do with sales, maybe, or have nothing to do with your profession. It may be a hobby. It may be something that just, uh, you know, an altruistic venture that you want to enter into. So I don't look at personal creating personal wealth as bad. I think every sales professional today needs to be thinking about that. I think you need a financial planner. I think you need somebody to sit down with and say and have them ask you, where do you want to be in 10 years or 20 years? 
So creating wealth, I don't think is a, is a bad thing at all. Now, the first th- two parts of that, so it has three parts, that aim. Number one is leveraging your assets. Number two is scaling, creating a scalable business. Number three is per- personal wealth. So we got number three. Let's go back to number two now. I think that you should be focused on and intentional about creating a scalable business, not one that relies on you to wake up on the right side of the bed every day and go out and knock on the right doors at the right time, talking to the right people, saying the right things so that they'll do the right things and buy from you. That's a long, that's a, those odds are long. Chet Holmes, who uh, was Tony Robbins's partner, he died. He, he wrote a book. He was a friend of uh, Warren Buffett's and Charlie Munger. He did some work. And Chet was a, a brilliant marketer and sales thinker. I, wouldn't, I don't know if he was a great salesperson. That doesn't matter. He was a good sales thinker. And he came up with this notion, not sure where he came up with it, that at any given time, only 6% of your universe is thinking about or considering a change that would, you know, from your, in your product line. So if you have a hundred suspects on your list, let's say you call in HR directors and you have a hundred names at any one given time, 6% of those people are looking for what you do. And that requires a lot of sorting through the other 94 who are not looking to get to those six. And you have to, when you get to those six, say the right thing at the right time in the right way, or those six even are not going to acknowledge that they're looking. So it's a crapshoot. It's long. The odds are long. Therefore, in order to create a scalable business, face-to-face and making cold calls is not scalable. I think you need to be creating content that speaks to the people who are interested in your product speaks to the people who have a problem, who have a pain, who may have a little nick, who may just, they, miss, they just might be on the very verge of saying, you know, I think our sales team might need training, or I think our marketing team needs a productivity system that helps us with clients, or I think our accountants need new software, whatever. It, it's just, how do you create content for people at various stages of the buying cycle? And you want to hit them early, obviously, early in it so that you can be positioned as the valuable resource so that they will come to you. So if you create a piece of content every week that speaks directly to those people and you put it out on on your social platforms and you repurpose and you maybe even run some ads to it, you do that on a consistent basis. Your phone will ring. When your phone rings, the business is scalable. If the phone does not ring and all your lead flow is based on you getting out and driving around town making cold calls, that is not a scalable business. Digital strategies make your business scalable. So if you are not doing that, if you have not thought through that as a marketer, again, this is part of you thinking like a marketer, not like a salesperson. And by the way, this stuff works. This stuff, this works. I'm a testament to it. I mean, I get calls every week from people who either listen to this podcast or another podcast or watch some of my videos on YouTube. I've got a hundred up there. The, the phone rings all the time. But if you're not doing the work up front to create the content where people can even get a sense of what you do and how you might be able to help them, then your phone's not going to ring or your email's not going to ding or whatever. It's not going to be any inbound. So that's the secret to scalability. 
So we talked about uh, creating wealth, number three. Number two, scalability. Number one, where I started this aim, again, the aim is for you to not master the sales transaction, but to leverage your talents, gifts, and wisdom so that you can create a scalable business in order to uh, create personal wealth. So that first part is leveraging your gifts and wisdom, leveraging your talent, your expertise. What do you know? What do you know that other people might want to know? You study your business. You are involved in internal meetings where trends are discussed and governmental regulations are talked about and maybe even success stories from other businesses who have bought from you or your peers and they are on cloud nine about all the value that you bring. What do you know that the world needs to know? You have to start inventorying that, documenting that, put it into a note system on your phone and say, every time I am with someone and they ask a question that I happen to know the answer to, or they ask a question I don't know the answer to, but I go get the answer, document that. Frequently ask questions. What are some questions your prospect should ask you but doesn't? What are some trends that are happening in the market? What are some tips that you can help people with? In my 2X group, which is my professional sales peer group uh, and learning group, we talk a lot about what do you know and how do you how are you able to produce something that tells the world I know this? Not in an arrogant look at me way, but in look, I've got something here that might be helpful for you. If you can be helpful and be useful and be relevant and educate people, people will beat a path to your door because they sense, well, if, if they're willing to share that, what else might he, he or she know? So do you see where I'm going with this, that your aim should be bigger than just mastering the transaction? Leverage what you know, build a scalable business, and create your own personal wealth. If you can have part of your mindset be focused on those things over the next, I don't know, next 30, 60, 90 days. Just think about that. And the scalability part's hard, but they're all hard. Actually, the personal wealth is easy if you get the first two right, because you don't really have to do much other than just be disciplined about what you're banking away. But I suggest you think about that and be mindful of that. And uh, you can go to BillKasky.com if you want to chat with me about any of the programming we do. We have a program called the 2X Group for Salespeople. One called a world-class sales leader for sales managers, VPs of sales, and sales leaders. Go to BillCaskey.com. Find out more. I appreciate you listening today. I hope this was uh, maybe nudged a few brain cells loose and allowed them to float around the cerebellum. And well, I don't know what the, I don't know where they float. But anyway, I hope hopefully this has uh, spurred a little thinking on your part. See ya. Bye. If you want more Caskey, go to BillCaskey.com and you can get on his list or set up a time to speak live. And make sure you share this episode with your tribe too. 